This Mother's Day, treat mom to healthy, glowing skin with Osea's limited edition skincare sets. Osea has been making clean, seaweed-infused products for nearly 30 years. Their advanced eye care duo brightens and firms skin around your eyes, while the Golden Glow Body Trio nourishes and smooths skin all over. Go to oseamalibu.com and use code MOM for 10% off your first order site-wide. Hello, Tom Allen here, and welcome to the Best of the Breakfast Show podcast with Sitch from Virgin Radio. Coming up, the oh-so-dramatic duo Ian Hallard and Mark Gatiss pull back the curtain on their new comedy show, The Way Old Friends Do. Meteorological marvel Carol Kirkwood gives us the lowdown on her latest Times best-selling novel, Secrets of the Villa Amore. And brilliant broadcaster and Sunday Times best-selling author Anita Rani spills the beans on her new book, Baby Does a Runner. All of that and so much more to come. Now, our next guests are theatre royalty who have already said, I do, I do, I do to each other and are now hoping that you'll say, gimme, gimme, gimme tickets to their new play, The Way Old Friends Do, at London's Criterion Theatre from the 17th of August. So, to find out the name of the game, let's say voulez-vous and howdy-do to super troopers <laughs> Mark Gatiss and Ian Hallard. Hello. <laughs> oh. I don't feel you've got enough Abbott. I know, that was pretty good, was actually. That yeah, that was all ABBA references. <laughs> okay. Thank you, Ian. You went, Thank you, Mark. You obscure tracks. So yeah, well, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's actually written by Felix on the team here. Felix is only... How old are you, Felix? 12? Uh, 12. He's 23, so he doesn't actually remember when music wasn't just freely available on your phone at all times, no. whenever you wanted it. So that's, that's you know, we're, we're, we're lots of different age groups here at Virgin. We are. That's what we're about. Um, of course, I have the mindset of a 75-year-old woman, so everybody is here. Everybody's represented. Now, we're here to talk about your new fabulous play uh, called The Way Old Friends Do. Tell me, tell me. Now, Mark, Ian, what is it about? Ian, you go first. It is a play about two old school friends who meet up in middle age, having not seen each other for many years, and they have the groundbreaking idea to form the world's first ABBA tribute band, but the twist is that they do it in drag. Oh, so lovely. So a world first, because when I wrote it Three or four years ago, I did some Googling to think, well, surely someone has thought of this idea, and apparently not. Really? Maybe yeah. it means it's a terrible idea, which is why nobody's done it. Not but, at uh, all. There we go. And is it where, what era is it set? It's set in, in the present day? Pretty much, yeah. It's, it, goes, it, it begins kind of pre-COVID, so it sort of starts kind of 2015, 2016. I see. So just, just before... Just before Everything the world went crucial, <laughs> horribly crucial wrong, leads up to the release of Voyage. You see that? Ah, and it's all building up to that ah, moment when Voyage comes out. Yeah. I see, 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 I see. <laughs> another Abba song. Um, and Ian, you've written it, yes, and you're also appearing in it. I know. Gosh, that's wonderful. I know. Yeah. Someone asked me the other day whether whether I'd ever thought about directing as well. I'm not doing all of it. No, <laughs> to do the lights. I'm Get a husband bit. to do that. Yes. <laughs> and Mark, you, so you are directing this? Yes, yes. We so we we uh, we start at Birmingham Rep oh. um, uh, earlier this year and it's been on tour for five months and now it's coming into the Criterion so it's been wow. uh, it's been entertaining the people which is a lovely thing a to West do. End transfer yes. yes do you travel with it Mark as the director giving notes no, every I, night no because I've been in the National Theatre myself oh, so of course, of course, I've been unable to unfortunately uh, but I've been remotely keeping an eye yes and then ah. it's very exciting to have a transfer um, I suppose the mm. obvious question is what's it like working as a as as a part as partners on the same project. Well, the great thing, obviously, ABBA provide a marvelous role model for couples <laughs> who 
works together. <laughs> we did say that. We said, well, it, it, even if it's a brief period of creative brilliance, if it then goes horribly wrong, at least we know that in 40 years' time we will be reunited <laughs> in digital form. As, yes, as Avatar. As, oh, so, that's great. Yeah. Just, I can't wait Something to look forward to. Yeah. yeah. Oh, no, it's lovely. been lovely. We, we often get this question. The, the truth is, we, you know, we do like each other, and that's yes. a good thing. Yes. <laughs> so it's been... Um, because we're very busy, it was actually very nice to spend as much time together as we did. Of on, course, on yeah. So yeah. yeah, it's been really lovely, and it's a it's a real feel good show. And uh, I, I, you know, there's a there's a sort of hen party element to anything to do with ABBA, mm. which we have definitely also uh, had coming along. But, yeah. but which is, but it, it's a play. It's not a musical. Um, but it's about like ABBA itself. It's it's sort of. Uh, it's full of glitter and glam, and then a lovely streak of Scandinavian melancholy. Ah, like a like a Nordic drama. Yeah, yeah. Is there a murder in it as well? <laughs> no, <laughs> that's fine. Then. Like a Bergman guys. film. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Oh, actually, with, with flares. Yes. yes, lovely. I'd love to do. If only if only Bergman had done more with flares. Ian, I know you are a long-term fan of ABBA. Aren't you could you? say that. You could say that. Yeah, uh, um, a big fan. Big mm-hmm. fan. Mm-hmm. What? What's what's it all about? What's um what's the name of the game? That, what's um what's um what, what's what, it all about? What's Alfie? um Abbey? Uh, you know that famous Abba song. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, and also, what, what, why do you think people love Abba so much? Well, that's kind of the million dollar question. Um, mm. Well, I think, more than that for them, I think. Yeah, multi million. <laughs> um, well, yeah. they're brilliant, aren't they? I mean, the songs are. I mean, you listen to a song like Waterloo, which is fifty years old next year, and yeah. it still sounds as fresh and original as as ever. There's a reason why people are still streaming them on a daily basis and still buying mm. Abba Gold and listening to all that. Um, and it's just that chemistry. I mean, I think the, the, the women's voices are, are some of the best kind of pop yeah, sure. um, interpreters this... of, of, of music anyway. And, and Benny's uh, brilliant um, you know, for harmonies and ca- catchy melody. So, yeah. Oh, Mark and Ian, thank you so much for joining us. And the play The Way Old Friends Do is at the Criterion Theatre, 17th of August to the 9th of September. Tickets are available now at thewayoldfriendsdo.com. That's thewayoldfriendsdo.com. How lovely. A new play, a new mm-hmm. play written by Ian, directed by Mark. Ian is appearing in it as well. Uh, what a wonderful project, and I thoroughly recommend it. The best of the Chris Evans Breakfast Show with Cinch, Virgin Radio. Now, she's the brilliant broadcasting barometer who also just happens to be a Sunday Times bestselling author as well as a strictly superstar. Her new book, Secrets of the Villa Amore, is out now and is sure to leave you feeling hot, hot, hot. She's your weather girl. You don't like raining men. And she's got news for you. Please welcome the Simply Scorchio, Carol Kirkwood. Oh, Tom, it's lovely to be here with you. Sinead this morning. What a treat. Well, we've been saying what a national treasure you are. Yes. Must, we, I mean, we, we are no exception. People must get very excited when they see you. Mm, no. <laughs> Who are these people? Who are these idiots? Track them down. I'm sure you're just being modest, Carol. We screamed. We all screamed. Oh, oh yes. Bless you. Jane's still screaming. She's had to go outside. <laughs> We've got we've got a lot to talk about because we I last saw you at the Chelsea Flower Show when yes. I was there with my mum. Oh yes, Sinead was very impressed by that yeah. that I went to that. It's very fun. You like it? Yeah, I should go. It's just like the the Gord Awards we did today, but uh, times about five million. Okay, yeah, yeah, it's, it's it. lovely. It's really yeah. lovely. But um, Carol, we're going to talk today about your wonderful, wonderful new book, Secrets of the Villa Amore. Um, it, well, you're already a Sunday Times bestseller. This is your third novel. Uh, 
what you in your words what would you how would you describe it what is it about well even before that this one is now in the top 10 of the Sunday oh, Times oh, list as well oh wonderful so wonderful, I just want to say a huge big thank you to anybody that has spent their hard earned cash and bought oh. it so thank you thank you thank you but, oh that's lovely it's a lovely book why wouldn't they yes <laughs> bless you Tom what it's about basically is it's set on the beautiful Amalfi Coast oh, yes, and stunning. the story follows two families who are wine producing families mm. one is more successful successful than the other and their lives have been intertwined for generations and it's expected that the siblings from each family will marry in what promises to be the wedding of the year. Anybody who's anybody has been invited. So from glamorous Hollywood starlets to the mafia and (gasps) really no expense has been spared for this wedding. Oh my goodness. But both families have secrets that could ruin lives, they could ruin relationships as well. well. So under the Asia blue skies off the Amalfi coast, what you'll find <laughs> is all the guests gather and there, oh. murder, jealousy, <gasps> intrigue, betrayal I, oh and romance are all about to be revealed. And some Goodness, Sounds secrets. like a day at Virgin Radio. <laughs> <laughs> That's what it's based on. I just said it was Amalfi. <laughs> I jazz, of course, I jazz. Um, oh wow, yeah, I love it, and it's got this amazing dramatic opening, this sort of uh, prologue, hasn't it, Sinead? Where it's, we're suddenly in the Second World War, and there's this dark night, and the soldiers are walking around, and then uh, something happens. I'm not giving away too much. It's, no, that's uh, good. and then something happens, and that's the sort of that's always in the back of your mind, and then it all disappears, and then suddenly you're in the sunny Amalfi Coast, and you go, well, what was that all about? Where does that come back? Here? <laughs> and of course, it's all revealed. It is. It's really an escapist kind of book. It's yeah, beautiful. take you somewhere glamorous. And the other thing, mm. visual imagery is so important to me. Oh, yeah. I want you to be there with me, to be able to picture it and see where my characters are oh. and the kind of things that they are doing and eating. I love that. That's actually what I've realised is my favourite thing in any literature. People go, oh, it's all about the stories. It's not. It's all about, I think, the exposition <laughs> bit, the bit where they talk about the interiors and the, I just want to escape into that world. <laughs> I want to be set in it. I mean, uh, Sinead, you love this book, don't you? Well, I do. And also, um, your voice is obviously, I know your face, very, very familiar. So when I started reading it, it was your voice. It was like oh, the audio book voice. was there. I could oh, just hear you reading it and that was lovely. Oh, yeah. yeah. Do you read the audio book? No, I don't because my Italian's not so good and my oh. accent isn't so good. <laughs> well, I couldn't I can... even say amore. I wasn't sure if it was amore or amore earlier. So. <laughs> like you said, though, Tom, it's, that's amore. Yes. So like it's the, the, the amore bit. Yeah. It's the romance. There's no pizzas in it, oh. but that's the romance. Oh, and that Amalfi Coast is absolutely stunning as well. If you've been, it doesn't matter if you haven't been there because you get this insight into it through this book, which just makes you think, oh, I'd love to be, not just go on holiday, I'd love to live there. I'd love to, all oh. that excitement. Really beautiful. And that's exactly right because I write about places that I've visited. So the first book, Under a Greek Moon, was yes. in Greece. I used to go there all the time ah. as a student. The second book, The Hotel in the French Riviera. I've been to the French Riviera yeah. a few times as well. Yeah. And the Amalfi Coast I've been to too. So you can really, I can write about it with conviction. I know what it's mm. like. I know what it smells like. Look, so they Sorrento. have distinct styles, don't they? Very yes. distinct. I mean, Sorrento, sorry, yes. No, not at all. And things like the lemon smell mm. as well. Oh, limoncello no. a go-go. Oh. Yeah, you can't <laughs> move for it. They give you limoncello just for getting oh, out of yeah, bed. Yeah, it's brilliant there. I know a restaurant like that in London and we were oh, there yeah. one day. Oh, and yeah. we, every time
time we drank our limoncello, they'd fill it up. And so we ended oh, up putting it in goodness. the plants, the plants <laughs> <laughs> killing over You at were the talking end. about your, your potted plants not doing so well. So that might be, <laughs> that might be the answer. Maybe you've been giving them Italian liqueurs. I don't know. <laughs> yeah. No, it's a brilliant, brilliant book. And a really, like you say, a perfect bit of escapism, particularly when the weather's been so dreary here. It's the perfect thing to escape into. And we're very, very excited. Um, that your new book is, uh, yet again, has hit the Times bestseller, Sunday Times bestseller list. And so that'll be, that'll be announced in the paper on Sunday. Yes, it You've got will. to get yourself a copy of that. Absolutely. Yeah. I'll put it yeah. in a frame as well. Oh, yes. With, well, with all the other ones, Carol. Have you got any wall space? <laughs> <laughs> no, it's fabulous. Um, but uh, it's called Secrets of the Villa Amore by Carol Kirkwood. Your invitation awaits to an unforgettable place. A perfect, a perfect thing to take on holiday with you or to make a little holiday for yourself if you're not going anywhere at the moment because it's a, it's a lovely bit of escapism and a beautiful piece of writing. So, Carol, thank you so much for coming in to talk to us about it. It has been my absolute pleasure. Thank you both. Oh, well, we love it. We love, we love seeing you. Honestly, we've been screaming. We've been we absolutely have, screaming. Uh, <laughs> it's a Secrets of the Villa Amore. It's out now. Oh, Carol, thank you for being here. Oh, my goodness, you both are so lovely. Oh, you're the best. The best of the Chris Evans Breakfast Show with Cinch. Virgin Radio. Now we've got a guest here in the studio. Oh, Sinead, I love it when we have guests. I do. I love it when we have guests around. Uh, now, an introduction. She's the Sunday Times bestselling author who is just as comfortable in front of the microphone as she is down on the farm. Now she's swapping muddy fields for manuscripts with her new book, Baby Does a Runner, out now. So please welcome the broadcasting, ballroom dancing, book writing brilliance of Anita Rani. Thank you. Welcome to the show. Thanks Lovely for to have you me. here. It's so nice to be here. Oh, well, let me tell you, we have all loved, loved reading Baby Does a Runner. Do you like the title? I do actually. Really I love fun, my title. Really playful. <laughs> it is playful. And um, very northern. Very northern, which feels it's so much in your voice. Yes. I love the references. It's a lot of it is set in well, the beginning bit is set in the north of England That's between correct. Manchester and, and Bradford. Correct. And um, and I love all those references. But I mean, I'm sort of talking around the book. You tell us what you think the book is about, what you want people to know it's about. Um, it's about a uh, Punjabi girl from Bradford who drinks too much. I have no idea where I got that inspiration yeah, from. Yeah, go on, wow. Really, really had to reach uh, <laughs> to think about who this character was going to be. She's 30, she's turning 36 at the beginning of the book and she's yeah. kind of unsettled. She's hit a wall at work. She's not mm. getting the promotions because mm. all the Pauls and the Sams and the Daves yeah. are getting the promotions. Yeah, Sinead's nodding. Yeah, yeah. And, yeah. Um, and then you see, then she has her home life in Manchester. She's moved to the bright lights of Manchester from Bradford. Oh, she has her own flat. Yeah. And so you see her in different identities. So you've got her work identity, her home identity. Mm. But then there's who she is at home home. And at home in Bradford, there's her mum and her grandma. Um, and her father had died two years earlier. So yeah. she's kind of a, a bit of an unsettled place. She doesn't have a, a man in her life. She's just kind of snogging random blokes and they're not really going anywhere. And the family's very anxious about that. Very anxious. The anti-networker, as I like to call them, the Illuminati. <laughs> the Illumina- I love that. I they, love that. The MI5 KGB and the Illuminati. <laughs> it is their business to know your business. Uh, they are on it. And so they are obsessed with trying to get her to settle down. And um, she's having none of it. She goes home for a birthday party she didn't think she was going to have, but her mum has invited half of Bradford Round (laughs) and uh, she gets a bit drunk and she finds a family secret. I love it. In this box. Yes. What's the name of the box? The box called? is called a bitty. It's basically a trunk. Every Indian oh, woman, when she gets married, um, it takes a trunk to the home that she's marrying into. And I in the this. trunk will be her saris and her wedding stuff. And, and, you know, back in the day, whatever, I don't know, bed sheets, whatever it might sure. be. Yeah. 
And so my mum has one as well. Oh. Yes, we have my mum's trunk that she came from India with. Oh, wow. And, um, and in the trunk uh, are some family bits and pieces and uh, she discovers some letters. Yes. Yes. Very, and it changes everything, doesn't changes it? changes everything because she thinks they're letters between her grandmother and her grandfather. They're letters from a woman in the 1940s and actually she finds that they're from another woman to her grandfather. Mm. Da, da, da. And then she goes to India to find out what the family secret is and we all know what happens when Julia Roberts goes to India <laughs> to have her eat, pray, love. <laughs> right? Yeah. But what happens when a British Indian woman who's never been to India. That's, yeah. <laughs> that's what I like about it. It's got a real, like, it's honest. It's not yeah. like this kind of Hollywood sheet of like what people imagine things are going to be like. No. I'm like. It's honest and it's got so much, um, it's got so so much personality. I, I just love, I love, um, I love, I love following um, Baby as, as she's a, as she's officially known. She's officially known as Baby. And we've not had a baby in, you know, out there for a while. It's not a, many people are called Baby now, well, as it's, it's discussed It's in the such book. a common um, pet name. So Punjabi India. We oh, have these beautiful Indian names that we're given. I mean, my name is Anita, so it's, I was sort of given an international name. Um, so beautiful Indian names with lovely meanings. But within your home, you're just called Pinky or Baby oh. or Ruby or Honey. Oh, or, I yeah, see. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So everyone... So, Could you call it Simra? So, yes, well, no, she changed her name. So Baby's a bit more complicated. Ah. She's actually given the name Baby. Right. And she hates it her whole life. She's like, why did they just call me Baby? So <laughs> when she's about seven, she changes it to an Indian name. And so people don't know that she's really called Baby ah, until that's... we have a moment. And it's all about, the book's about identity. It's yes. about finding your place. It's about home. It's about discovering who you are. And it's about connecting with your history. Yeah, I love that. I love the fact it the book talks, it was a real education for me, lots of things I didn't realise about. About, um, uh, well, about India and about um, a lot of people uh, who've, who moved to the UK from India and, mm. and their stories. And I love the fact that it talked about family connections and the, the disconnect that she has, baby has, between her family life in Bradford and her sort of metropolitan cool life oh, in Manchester yeah. and the way that sort of um, clashes slightly. And um, and also it talks very openly about grief. I mean, I've, yeah. I've lost my dad a few years ago and um, I found that very, very refreshing to see that written about quite honestly and that sort of the fact that they're all kind of carrying on marching on with like baby like baby should be getting married and I think baby's still you know she's that's part of it is she's still looking back and she's still kind of accepting what's changed and where she's come from and what's new and what's 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 just gone yeah I mean I couldn't sort of skip over the fact that she is grieving and also that she's having to deal with but basically I wanted to put a female South Asian character in literature, mm. Tom, who doesn't exist. Yeah, yeah. And also who's multifaceted. Yeah. Because I think often people just, I don't know what they see. One well, there's like quite clever uh-huh. and square. <laughs> uh, square, definitely not. Clever, I mean, if people want to believe I'm clever, that's great. Um, <laughs> however, you know, we, and also I think sometimes as a, a South Asian woman or woman of colour, you're not allowed to fail in spaces. So you have to oh, constantly yes, turn up as right. your best self. Cause sure. Whereas I wanted to show that this one girl's a bit messy and yeah. there's lots going on in her life. Yeah, you know? I yeah. mean, yeah, she still turns up to work and bosses it. Yeah. But you see everything else that's going on and all the stuff oh, yeah. that she's had to contend with and all the baggage and the history yeah. that she carries. And yeah, so she's grieving her father and um, and Tr- she's she's a bit lonely. A bit lonely. Yeah. Trying to find a way in a workplace. And let me tell you, I love the satire of the um, marketing company that she works, <laughs> works at with Siobhan <laughs> and this awful boss she's got and just how... 
fake they all are. It's just, I just, it's such a funny satire. There's so much, so much to it. Hey, it's brilliant writing. If you think it's funny, then that's that's a tick. Oh that's yeah, a big definitely. Tick. I was Thanks, laughing Tom. a lot. Yeah, oh, no, yeah, laughing right. at all that all that spoofing of that kind of world. Yeah, I thought it was really, really, really brilliant. Really, really brilliant. Anita Rani, thank you so much for joining us. Thank you, Tom. We've absolutely loved having you here. Uh, everybody, it's Anita Rani. Thank you. The best of the Chris Evans Breakfast Show with Cinch Virgin Radio. We've heard from a bunch of super talented guests already, but still to come, the marvellous Matt Chorley has our tummies rumbling as he talks of his food week on Times Radio. And awesome author Yomi Adegake flips through her debut novel, The List. So let's get right back into it. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what big wireless does. They charge you a lot. We charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. When it comes to orchestrating the biggest political debates, our next guest is the maestro. But this week, he's switching dishy-rishy for a pinch of parliamentary dishes, reigniting hard-hitting debates such as red sauce or brown sauce. Here to get you in the mood for food, glorious food, it's Times Radio's master of mid-mornings, Matt Chorley's here. Ah, uh, good morning. Good morning, Matt. I hear you've just returned from France. Is this correct? I have just, yes, I was in France over the weekend. Oh, my. I am now 95% cheese. Oh, delicious. <laughs> <laughs> and they sometimes have it, well, I've had it in France where they don't even have it with crackers or anything like that. They just have it with a knife and fork. Did you experience that? I did experience that, yes. yes. what do you think about that? I I think it's fine. Fine, OK. Yeah. Breakfast, lunch and dinner I had cheese. Really? Yeah. Mad. Gosh, the life of somebody who works on Times Radio. <laughs> right. Very different to us, isn't it, Sinead? <laughs> on Verge, I mean, Times Radio, they've got a reception area. Did, did you know? Yes, I do. I've been down there. Wow, have you? Yes, Wow, I've only been to the reception area. I've read the news on there. Have you, Sinead? Yeah, they were very desperate that day. So. No, don't put yourself <laughs> down. I think it's a very different vibe here at Virgin Radio. We don't have a reception area, for no. example. We don't. I don't. We, I don't you know why. Well, you kind of do part of Talksport. Oh, a bit. The talk, we share one with Talksport, so people will come in to see us, and they have to sit down over there with with a on a on a football chair, like a football manager's chair, and a, and a punch bag, yeah. a boxing machine. We've got nice purple velvet. Oh, that's much downstairs. more my vibe. Do you think we could steal those, Sinead? <laughs> Go down and do Go, a show there. Just Good heavy in the lifting. Lift. No. <laughs> um, now, what's all this food week? What's all this food week yes, programming so, about, Matt uh, Chorley? Normally my show is politics about the boring bits between 10 yes, and 1. Yes, you're good at that. But, uh, obviously, all mm. the politicians are on holiday. So there's not <gasps> well, loads of That's why we keep getting these incidental news stories. I see, yeah, I see. They aren't really news or suddenly the news. So, uh, <laughs> and last year, we did food week. And we had a lovely time. We went to a farm and a supermarket and all of that. Ooh. And so this year, we thought, what should we do instead of food week? And we had a very long meeting. And at the end, we concluded... Food week. <laughs> Great. I love Because meetings. we can do serious things. Like, so we're going to do like the nanny state and how much people should regulate and oh, yeah. supermarkets and food prices and all that. But we can also have some fun. Yes, quite right. That's what people want in yeah, the mid-morning. Exactly. Oh, lovely. So um, you're handling some pretty tough debates, I understand. Yes, so we are tackling the big issues that the yes. country is facing. Oh, yes. Uh, and we've, we've had some polling done. Oh, yes. Because yeah. then we're to really take then the temperature of the serious. nation. It must yes. be serious. Yes, yes, very serious. So if I'll ask you the questions and you can both tell oh, me what you on, think. Sinead, yeah. Yeah, okay. Come on, Tea or coffee? Tea. Coffee. Wow. Oh, see, oh, split down the middle. Well, the country is split down the middle. That's true, isn't it? 47% tea, 
percent coffee. Hang on, hang on, hang on. Uh, that's uh, there's still if you there's still some people hot... missing there. <laughs> if you did there's that... ten percent, ten percent neither. Oh, they're those weird people who don't like hot drinks. If you did that poll in Ireland, I tell you what the result would be: hundred percent tea. Barry's tea. Barry's tea. Mm, mm, I can imagine. Yeah. Do you know what tea? Very very popular with the young people. 18 to 24-year-olds, 52%. I thought they were all Gosh. drinking, like, no, oat latte. It's not going to be, like, a builder's tea, is it? That's going to oh, be, like, nah, like fancy, like, road. Ro- ro- also, what 18 to 24-year-olds respond to a survey? Not being funny, Matt. Not to question the <laughs> whole system. Don't undermine the but, system. But, like, <laughs> what, do they even pick up? They wouldn't pick up a phone. They wouldn't have a phone. So, we don't do surveys on phones. 18 to 24-year-olds we're talking about. Not, not like eight-year-olds. No, I know, but who's got... <laughs> I think 18-year-olds have got phones. Them? How is this poll done? That's online. what I'm saying. They're done online. They're done the online. Internet. I think oh, the young the inter- people are on the oh, internet. Oh, young people like the internet. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> right, next one. Yeah. Wine or beer? Oh, oh wine for me. What would I you don't say, know, actually. That's mm. really, really hard. Mm. I'm going to say... I'm going to say beer because wine can be like Lady Petrol for me. Okay. <laughs> you have too okay. much. Cocktails. Well, is that won, an option? I would you've won that cocktails. one. 36% wine. Well, have I? What, what? 31% beer. So you were on the, you're on the side so who, of the nation. So, that's, so who are the... 33% said neither. I think they might be the cocktail Cocktails, people. cocktail drinkers. Yeah, yeah. yeah, that's actually much more me. Yeah. Mm. Very contentious on this one. Yes, Matt. Brown sauce or red sauce? Uh, oh, red sauce. Neither. Don't like sauce. Don't oh. like sauce. You're... Don't like sauce. I like a Tabasco. <laughs> Does that count? A little I mean, bit of sauce. A little bit of sauce. You are at the 18% who uh, said neither. N- thank you very much. A bacon sandwich. Neither for me. But is it a very north-south divide when it comes to red and brown? Oh, I think the well, question, there's Sinead. a very, very big age thing. So 58% said ketchup, 25% said brown sauce. But mm. amongst the, the old people, they love a brown sauce. 40% oh. of over 65 said brown sauce. Over 30. But I can imagine mm. that because my gran wouldn't really like to have red sauce in the house. Oh, really? That's very... Well, I've got both. I mean, of course, it is still very relevant, brown sauce, because... HB, Houses of Parliament. Houses of Parliament. Houses you see, of Parliament. Always bring it back to the always politics. Always bring it back. That's what I'm good at. Uh, only 11% of the young people like brown sauce. So oh, yeah. right. There's a big split. Yeah. It's quite a vinegary sort of taste, isn't it? it? Yeah, it's my is choice. It? Vinegar, uh, that's the sort of thing I, I get so, yeah. from it. What else is, is it? in it? L- levers, levers are more likely to have the brown sauce and remainers like the red sauce. Well, it always. Why do we bring it back to that? Bring it why back do we to Brexit. Bring it back to Brexit. Um, well, that's lovely. And you've actually eaten at the Houses of Parliament, haven't you? I have, yeah, lots of times. Yeah. Yeah. Was it a nice terrace? It's quite nice. I mean, it's sometimes the food's nice, and sometimes you see a mouse. Oh dear! So, so oh dear, man. Oh dear. In fact, we've got a story on the show today. They've, they've got a shortage of chefs. They've oh. had to shut some of the restaurants. At the Houses of Parliament? Yeah. Oh, no. Is it, is it like a buffet affair? Is it like school dinners or is yeah, it sit down? You can, you, all, all of those things. You can oh. pick and choose. So there's, there's like different canteens and things. Right. So oh. some are proper like bring up your tray, slop out your mashed potato. Yeah. Ooh. And others yeah. are sort of sit down, fine dining. Oh, like a, so it's a bit like a cruise. A bit like a cruise. Yeah. Just like a cruise. Oh, nice. I like that. Oh, I yeah. like that. And you've got the water okay, outside. outside. Parliament. Yeah. Yeah, it's a so lovely, it's lovely, lovely, river. beautiful river. <laughs> <laughs> it's a refreshing Sun looking. on the brown. Yes, yeah. it's a lovely, like brown lovely. Sauce. And do they have their own river. wine? Is that correct? There is sort of house wine, I think, yeah. Nice or no? I'd probably steer Stick clear. Right, yeah. Is there a pub there? Yeah, there's a bar. Uh, Strangers Bar. Strangers Bar. Yeah. That's for non-members of Parliament, is that right? Well, no, because actually you can only go in there if you're with a member of Parliament, really. Oh. There used to be a press bar, but they shut it and turned it into offices. Oh, I can't think why that would be, Matt. You you press people are so kind to politicians. <laughs> <laughs> it's interesting as well, I think, at the moment with politics. I mean, there is a lot to cover. So yeah. are you not sort of missing that? <laughs> do you think that we've wandered away from the news agenda well, a bit too much? Matt, do you not miss it, though? But there's, you know, 
there's all that stuff with those by-elections the other week. Yes, the by-elections are interesting. I think um, it's nice to... It's not, we will still be doing a bit of politics, obviously. Oh, fine, around but the But a lot of stuff. it... So, uh, later on this week, I'm going to be speaking to the chef at Chequers, who cooks oh. for the Prime Minister. Oh. So, it's not all, you know. No. It's a bit of a mix. Well, that's that's good. Would you be discussing the ULEs with him? <laughs> I'll tell you what. <laughs> the ULEs, for me, is like you and jam and cream. Oh, you don't care, do I you? I don't care. You don't it's... live in London? No. You've got a new car. What's the... I don't live in London. And even if I did, it wouldn't matter, because my car would be fine. Well, good for you for and having I a new car. I understand that some people are cross, but... Well, this is what we're saying about the Nextdoor app as well. It's, it's, if you look at the Nextdoor app, a, a hotbed of, of incredible political debate. <laughs> and um, it, you just see that these issues are designed just to split us up, aren't they? Yeah. And as long as, you know, these politicians, they do it all the time. They split, they split us down the middle and then whoever's got, even if it's a slight majority, then they're the winner and then they don't care. They, yeah. They've got their job. You see it all the time, don't you, Matt? Yeah. That's my theory. Yeah, we should, we should, we should, we should be finding our, the things we've got in common. Yeah, rather than the things that divide us. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, exactly. That's why when it comes to jam or cream on scones, don't worry about it. Don't. I don't care. Listen to Matt Chorley <laughs> on Times Radio mid mornings every weekday, 10 a.m. to 1 p.m. 10 a.m. to 1 p.m. Times Radio. Yeah, flies by. Flies by, doesn't it? I know. I know. Um, <laughs> I tell you what. I do afternoon tea. I like jam. I like cream, but with a cake. Do you know what I want? What? Sugar. The best of the Chris Evans Breakfast Show with Cinch. Virgin Radio. And now we've got a guest, haven't we, Sinead? We do. We love having guests here. She's the author, columnist and all-round cultural guru who is officially one of the most influential people in London, if not the world. Her debut novel, The List, is out now and it's already a Sunday Times bestseller described as a page-turner you can't second-guess. Who better to give us a gist of The List than the A-OK Yomi Adagoke? <laughs> um, <laughs> Yummy, thank you so much for joining us. How does it feel to be a Sunday Times bestseller? Goodness me, it's incredibly surreal. And also, thanks so much for having me. It's a oh, pleasure. No problem. <laughs> I love, I love how you're, you're, you bring this humility to our show <laughs> when we just talk about anything and everything with the authority as though we're yeah, like exactly. experts. Yomi, Yomi, we met a few weeks ago through we my friend AJ Adudu. Yes, And um, we were at an event in Croydon. <laughs> Shout out Croydon. <laughs> Shout always. out to Croydon. And Yomi and I had such a nice chat about suburbia. We did, and amongst other things. Amongst other many, I think we <laughs> talked about everything Insane in the whole things, world. Yeah, cartoons, yeah. cartoons <laughs> that we loved. Yeah. Cartoon Network, yeah. Cow and Chicken. Cow and Do you remember Cow and Chicken? Anybody? Cow and Chicken from the Cartoon Network. I'm starting to think we made that show Co- up. But Cousin <laughs> Boneless. We did have a couple of drinks. Maybe we did. Um, but we had such a great oh. chat, and you mentioned you have this book coming out, and I thought, oh, that sounds that sounds nice. That sounds fun. I look forward to reading that. Well. I've only just started, you know, reading it. And then all this press is coming in. It's the biggest, it's the biggest book in the world. It's a bestseller. <laughs> it's already been sold to all these, all, all, all these um, channels that are going to develop it into a TV show. Well, firstly, congratulations. Thank you so much. I appreciate <laughs> it. When you say it out loud, I'm like, hang on a minute. Is this actually really happening? <laughs> like when you put it like that. <laughs> so surreal. Oh, it's um, absolutely brilliant. I think, well, tell us from your perspective, what is the book about? So... The book, I always say it's mainly about the internet, but it focuses on an Instagram famous couple called Oliver and Michael who are due to be married in a month's time. Um, they are very famous on, you know, not just Instagram, but sort of Twitter. Um, she's a feminist journalist. He's a, you know, up and coming podcaster who's just got his dream job. Mm-hmm. And dun, 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 mm. just before they get married, an anonymous list goes up online accusing 70 different men of varying forms of abuse 
of course, Michael's name is on the list. And Ola has to decide within a month whether she's going to stand by him and get married or whether, you know, she believes the allegations, essentially. And all hell breaks loose <laughs> for oh. 384 pages. <laughs> oh, yeah. It is absolutely phenomenal. Tom. I mean, because Tom. it's like... It's sort of like, it's like a thriller, but it's also taking into account loads. Well, it feels very, very modern to talk about the Internet right. and how that can change people's lives. And there are people who will just say things online and they can be true and they can't be true. And they, they and, and what is amazing is you see it lot through Michael, but also through Ola's perspective. Right. This young woman who thinks she knows her partner, thinks she knows the world and some, suddenly she's thrown into everything being in a grey area. Absolutely. I think she knows herself because she thinks, you know, she's a feminist woman. She is a feminist woman. Yeah. It's not something she thinks she is. It's her job. It's her online identity. And I think that in some ways, all of us, we all think we know what we do if we were in a position like that. And then the minute, you know, someone adjacent to you close to you even not close to you just recognize a name on something like that which actually does especially post me too happen quite a lot when those kind of lists are curated suddenly Mm. your whole sense of self your whole sense of morality is thrown into question so i wanted a lot of people to look at ola and just be like what would i actually do not what would i tweet that i do what i actually do if that was me well i think that's as well that's what feels so prescient isn't it like a lot of people online seem to find it very easy to judge and to kind of be very polarized myself included well me too (laughs) constantly like well i wouldn't do that yeah, and we scroll through and we go, that's outrageous, that's terrible that that's happened, that person's done that. And then, of course, what happens to Ola is that suddenly she's in a position where she no longer has that that simplicity of her life. Exactly. And I, th- I thought it was absolutely incredible for that. Thank I just you. thought it was... Because it, it just feels like we live in an age when the internet loves to simplify things in a very sort of, sim- well, sort of quite tabloidy way at times, yeah. doesn't it? And, and I think actually sometimes we've lost our sense of humanity and Ola, suddenly we have total sympathy for, for Ola. What was she going to... Like you say... What is she going to do? Absolutely. And um, I thought it was incredible writing. Incredible, Thanks. incredible writing. Because oh, you I'm see yourself so at, and then Ola's friends and family. And you think, well, what are they going to say? Exactly. What they? And of course, they're very defensive of Ola. But then you go, well, yeah, you would be of your friend. But then I suppose some other friends are going, well, no, it's not as simple as that. And you don't know. And, you know, she loves this guy. And it's it's a really amazing um, microcosm, I think, of, of a moral dilemma that feels like it's going to have people talking for, for a long, long time. I think, yeah, that is the hope. I was definitely incredibly nervous writing it because I felt, well, I had the idea actually in 2017 and I felt it was slightly too maybe um, of the time to write it back then. So I thought with maybe a bit of distance, maybe fictionalising mm. it, it would give a bit of room, as you said, for conversation. Because I do think I'm very conscious of the fact that this conversation, hate to use the term, but around cancel culture, around, you know, um, sort of the Me Too movement and any sort of critical lens is often only had by a particular type of person. It's very rarely something that, you know, necessarily progressive people are discussing in a critical way and looking at the idea of, for for instance, like innocent before proven guilty as a, you know, kind of core tenet of left-wing thinking and progressivism. And I think Mm. um, often when you kind of say cancel culture, people immediately think, you know, it's a dog whistle for like right wing thinking or, right, or yeah. something like that. But yeah. I wanted to kind of talk about it from a feminist perspective and say, look, this is a book first and foremost about the internet and how the internet can, because of, you know, just complete unbridled access by anyone, be weaponized and weaponized the most well meaning of movements. And um yeah, I'm hoping that well, actually, I, I was about to say hoping, but I think it is causing a bit of conversation around that. Right I now. think it's absolutely phenomenal for just, Thank you. Uh, yeah, for exploring a com- uh, hugely complex time that we live in. 
and it does it so eloquently, so succinctly, in what is an absolute page-turner. So it's an absolute triumph of a book, so congratulations to you. The list is out now. You can get it from all good book retailers. And is there an audiobook of it as well? There is, and oh. it is narrated by Sheila Tim of The Woman King fame and Arunze oh. Kenny, who is a brilliant... They're both absolutely oh. phenomenal actors, oh. and they're brilliant. People I actually an recommend the audio. It's well, book. well, don't <laughs> say that. And it was, um, and it's also been being developed. Uh, it's been it was there was lots of people interested in it, but uh, it's been developed in a major TV series by BBC, HBO Max, and AMV. Yes, Yomi Adegake, thank you so thank you, much Tom. for being here. It's wonderful, wonderful to help you celebrate this incredible, incredible book. And long may it continue. Uh, the list is out now. The best of the Chris Evans Breakfast Show with Cinch Virgin Radio. Thank you so much for listening to the Best of the Breakfast Show podcast with Cinch. Don't forget to subscribe so you don't miss all the best bits from the show. Flexibility is great. That's why there's yoga. Flexibility for your insurance coverage is great too. That's why there's United Healthcare Insurance Plans. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, United Healthcare Insurance Plans offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. One of these plans may be right for you if you're, say, between jobs, coming off your parents' plan, turning a side hustle into a full hustle, or even missed open enrollment. Want more flexibility? Find out more about United Healthcare Insurance Plans at uh1.com.